This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Your war room for insider news and draft analysis from deep within the confines of Cowboys headquarters at the Star in Frisco. The Dallas Cowboys select Tyler Smith. And now, your host, Kyle Yeomans. Today is Wednesday, February 15th, 2023. We are now just 72 days away from the NFL Draft in Kansas City. And this is the Draft Show presented by Miller Lite, live from the Star in Frisco and the SWBC Studios, alongside Brian Broaddus in studio. I'm Kyle Yeomans. We've got Chris Beam in the back running things. And joined again on the phone line, remotely from Ohio, the great Dane Brugler from The Athletic joining us again. Our live studio audience loves it as well. We've got two of the greatest draft minds in the media, in my opinion. Thank you. On this show at the same time, this is going to be a fun one. I'll tell you what, it is fun. It is a lot of fun. And when, uh, you know, we're going to miss Aisha today. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully she'll be back with us tomorrow. But, and Bobby, too. And Bobby. Mm-hmm. But to have, to have Dane on, I mean, I, I go so far back with this guy. And now to see uh, all the success and uh, the way he handles that success, but also the way he handles the criticism to, to keep coming back and doing this, I think is uh, is is a lot. It's a lot of fun. I love I love working with this man. I have for uh, I've loved watching him grow as a, a a draft analysis guy. I think he's one of the best in the business. And I'll tell you what, if I if I ever was a general manager again, which probably will never happen, Dane. I'm sorry about this. <laughs> That would be the first cat I'd hire. But I'd go to work for this guy, too, if he was a general manager because he'd probably be a lot better general manager than me. What you think, hey, I'm, Dan? I'm perfectly fine uh, doing this with uh, with you guys you know, on the media side. <laughs> but no, it's, Brian, it's been over 10 years now. Yeah, yeah. Over 10 years we've been doing this uh, and, you know, our conversations on air, off the air about these guys. Um no, I've I've learned so much from you, and so it's it's been fun to apply that into my own scouting. Um, as, wait, criticize you, you, people are criticizing stuff. That's, oh, okay. I'll tell you what, man, you're learning uh, you're learning how to handle it because it's it's they don't always they don't always see this eye to eye. You know, it, it, I tell you what, it, it used to bother no. me, and now it doesn't bother me anymore. I just talk about ice cream. You're Rocky Roads, my chocolate chip, man. We're all good here, just as long as you put in the work. Yeah. You can say whatever you want, right? hundred percent. You got it. I love the fact that that Brian's bringing up criticism because part of my goal today is to get you guys to fight over one player. All right. I just I want one guy that I want to see you both disagree on, and I want you to just go mano y mano one on one. He's gonna just... he's gonna like a slow footed <laughs> he's gonna like a slow footed guard from Florida. I guarantee you that's Uh-oh. what he's gonna do. Uh oh. <laughs> I like good players. Like you like good players. Guy's a slow-footed guard, you know it. <laughs> oh, let's get into it. That's the first name on my list. I might be really good at this. So I, I want to hit some Cowboys draft yeah. targets because sure. there are a ton of guys and girls out in the media and and, and out on their own, yeah. doing their own scouting. And honestly, I think it's that's a great thing, man. What's really cool about this it whole is process. So great. Is that there are so many opinions. Yeah. And they get the flood in, and Cowboys Nation has so many loyal and and true fans that are are not just fans anymore. They're their own scouts and they build they build their own opinions and they've got their own shows. So you start to see these names emerge out of those those accounts on Twitter or uh on YouTube or these different shows that are out there that are all fantastic. 
I want to hit some of those names. And Go I want to I want to get yeah. your opinion on one of them. And one of them is the slow-footed guard out of Florida that Brian just brought up, Osiris Torrance. He's an offensive lineman. He's got some skill to him. Really good tape. Went to the Senior Bowl. Was impressive in Mobile. I'll let Dane start. Give me your scouting report on Osiris Torrance, and then I'll let Brian follow it up. This guy did not have to transfer uh, to Florida to be a top 40 draft pick. He was already that at Louisiana. He decided to go challenge himself. He followed his head coach, uh, Billy Napier, to Florida this past year. And all he did was earn first team all SEC, uh, play extremely well as a senior. Uh, For a guy that's his size, that thick, wide frame, he can dominate in the run game. Um, You know, you see him. uh, He's got boxing gloves for hands. He just punches his way where he wants. He'll drive you uh, away from the run lane. Uh, and then in pass pro, he can set set his anchor, drop his hips. And, you know, is he a guy that you want on the move all the time? No, not necessarily. I think his connection rate when you ask him to climb or get on the outside can be inconsistent at times. But if you want a phone booth blocker who, you know, you're, you're not asked to move all the time, can move some, but not all the time. He will dominate the man in front of him, and that's why uh, you know he is one of the top thirty prospects in this draft, and has a good chance to go first round. Yeah, I, you know, Dane is right about the mass, and he's right about the movement. And I, the thing is, I don't see a nimble player, mm. and that's a, and maybe that's hard for a guy that's. And I think he's dropped weight. I think Dane initially we were looking at this guy as a 347 pound player. I think he's somewhere now in 335 pounds is it's, what they measured. Yeah, they, they went down. So you know, if if, he, if if I'm if that's if the, if it means him continually dropping weight, I'm all about that because I think it can only help him. 337. There you go. Yeah. I mean that's that's 10 pounds from what we were talking about. So you know that can help him. I think the thing about him is that he uses that mass to keep rushers off the quarterback, and I'm okay with that. You know, the defenders have a hard time moving him. They have a hard time going through him. You know, if you rush him down the middle, there's a pretty good chance that he is going to handle you. You know, he's to me, it's when things get a little bit on the edge, I think you can get him to get over the top of his feet, and that will be a little bit of a problem for him. And so – I just feel like that to me when you know when you watch him play he could be a little tick slow coming off the ball mm-hmm. and if you're a massive guy and you're a little bit slow and you know you're already probably at a probably at a disadvantage right there the guy is and Dane's right he came from Louis, uh, from Louisiana uh, you know he came with his coach you know there's a lot of really some positive things about him though I think in this day and age the more I watch these NFL games we saw a really active athletic offensive line, yeah, a big line in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. even in Kansas City in the Super Bowl, with that ability to play on the edge, to get into space, to get to the second level. I just think Osiris Torrance is a guy that, yeah, absolutely consider. But just know the type of player you're going to get. If you're expecting a nimble, light-footed guy, this is not going to be your guy. You just about mass, power, strength. That's absolutely the guy you need to look at. The the way that I described it two, in two my stats. oh, r- r- uh, go ahead, Dane. I'll let two you go. Stats real go. quick on yeah. Torrance. Uh, Fifteen hundred blo- uh, pass blocking snaps in college, four years, zero sacks allowed. Hmm. This last year, and now going from the Sun Belt to the SEC, he had zero penalties, uh, which is very impressive. Uh, you know, he had 
you know, two or three at Louisiana last year. And then for them this past season to go to Florida and have zero penalties says a lot about him. So, I mean, I, I agree for the most part, I, I think, you know, Brian and I see the player very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just a little more optimistic about his fit at the next level. And, I mean, he's a plug-and-play starter in my mind. First first round strength is what I had. First round strength, yeah. third round movement. Because I'm right there with you. I think he has limitations in movement and pulling and, and even in pass protection sometimes. Which, if you're in a phone booth as a guard, yeah. you're going to be okay yeah. for the most part. The penalties thing there is interesting because my – when I watch this guy, I see a bigger Tyler Smith where he, there's footwork problems, but the strength is there. And, and if you, of course, watched the show last year, we weren't very high on Tyler Smith until we really got to know who he was and where he was going to end up playing with this team. I, I'm worried about having multiple guys like that, like pairing Tyler Smith with a guy like Osiris Torrance. If Smith's going to be your left tackle and then Torrance is, is expected to be your left guard, then you have two slow-moving, big-strength guys. Is that going to limit what you could do up front? Well, let me ask you this question real quick, Dane. Am I over? Am I over uh, analyzing the movement part of it? Do I mean? Do, you, do you, I mean? Because you're talking about a, foot, a, a phone booth player. To me, that's kind of a limited. You know, I, I, when I think phone booth, I think a small area player. Yeah. is what I'm looking at right there. So you I, don't see a guy yeah. that plays really wide. Right, that, that that you can use uh, I, in that in that way. Completely honest, I do think it's a disservice to use the word slow with okay. him. Okay. I think, uh, like for me, I use the word average. I think as a okay. puller out in space, he, he's a very average mover. Um, and so I, I think if you you're not asking him to do it every snap, but he can do it, and I think that sure. he can do it. Uh, you know, enough to he's not going to hurt you. Now, if you are a uh, an offensive line, an offense that wants to be on the move all the time, he's probably not a fit for you. But right. if you're on the move some of the time, I think he can handle it. I don't think he's slow. I think he's just his movement skills are more average than above average. So then you you can no, throw he, that, that, that into that, the that's, mix. That's fair because to me, like I said, I I just look at these offensive lines that play now. I don't think this guy's for everybody. I really, really don't. There's some teams that like to bully you up front. And that's the type of guy I think this guy is. I think he's a bully type of a player. We'll see with Mike Solari if you're the Cowboys. Yeah. You know, and again, we try and be an all-service group here. You know, if you're one of these guys or gals that are watching us and your team plays with athletic offensive linemen, like Dane's talking about, this is probably not your guy. I mean, you know, a lot of space playing. But if you're a power team, power gap, all that, if you just want to like double team and push on guys and stuff like that, mm-hmm. absolutely, this guy is probably somebody you need to look at. I also I can speak uh, Brian, on on the you, connections. You mentioned, go Dan. Sorry, you mentioned that you mentioned the Chiefs. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't think you know is Trey Smith at guard. Does he have uh, you know that much more mobility than an Osiris Torrance? I don't think so. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I do think that a guy like this can survive. And, you know, I think, is he better for some schemes more than others? Yes. But I still think he could be survive and be just fine in most offenses in the NFL. Yeah. I, I just like would say, but the thing with me with, with Kansas city is that you do see second level blocks and stuff like that. I, I that's just watching them play. I, I just feel like though, to me that, you know, you're not wrong about Smith. The thing I just think, I just, if this, if you're just interested in, like okay, and the and the word f- phone booth tells me short area, small area. Yeah, you know, 
And I think in this day and age, though, you you know, you if you can control the down linemen, you can get backs through into the second level. So I, I don't think this is one of these huge things. I just think you have to know what you're getting with this player. If you think that he is going to be on the edge or on the second level a lot, I don't think that's his cup of tea. I really, really don't. So that's just that's just kind of how I feel about this. It's this probably one control. of the limitations that you have to have with taking a guy at 26. You're like you we talked about previously. Yeah. You're going to have 20 first round grades. So if Dane's sitting here telling you that at 26 you can grab a guy who is a plug and play starter right now, but still has growth to go in his game, that might be exactly what they're thinking. And I, as I was saying a moment ago. Based off of what I've heard across the building, they really like Torrance. Yeah, they no, like the strength. And, and, they like sure. the fit. And, and, and you should. You absolutely should. I mean, all that. Just just know what you're getting in the player. Just mm-hmm. know what you're getting in the player right there. Because you know, like like I say, I think there's things that you're going to have to. There's some some things he's going to struggle with. But there's going to be some things you're going to absolutely love. With like say the size, the power, the mass, those are all things. Dane, real quick, do you have him like is a is he one of a, a first round grade for you, or is he more like player thirty or twenty eight, twenty nine? Where is he on your ranking? Yeah, he he's top thirty, but like twenty eight, twenty nine around there. Okay, late yeah. one early okay. two. Yeah, there you uh, go. Yeah, a guy that can come in and start, and you know, well, you I, said like, plug and play, and, and, I, and I don't disagree. I don't disagree with you yeah. on plug and play. Mm-hmm. I, I don't disagree with that. Just know what you're getting in the player. Yeah. No, I mean, like I say, I, I have my preference of just again watching some of these offensive line play and just how these teams are able to just affect. Uh, defenses in the running game by getting guys, they secure down linemen, and now they're getting guys up on the second level. That's how I mean. But you got a guy like this, Brian. I would say that to me that he is more like I would have him more in the bottom, like thirty-five to thirty-eight is where I would have him right there. I don't right now. I've got him at thirty-four. We're not too far off. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I think that's the thing though is is across the board, Dallas tends to value the unteachable traits when they go with these first-round yeah. linemen. Is it more teachable to teach that strength or to stri- to teach the, the footwork well, and the movement? Well, if he keeps losing weight, that's easier if he, to, if he, to if maneuver. He, if all of a sudden he's down to when we get him to camp and he's a, he's a 325-pound yeah, guy, that is a huge difference from what he was playing at. Yeah, you he's know, at 345. So, so yeah, I mean that. Then, then if he gets down to that 325 or 323, whatever weight, he's going to be more like what Dane's talking about than what I'm talking about. Ooh, and that kind of sounds fun. Yeah, I like that one yeah. a, a little bit better. All right, uh, moving into the secondary real quickly. This is Deontay Banks, Maryland corner. You talk about the size and the length and the the physicality that he has. Kind of fits that Dan Quinn mold a little bit, Brian. What have you seen from him? I'll tell you what, minute. And again, I'm working on a height. And tell me if I'm wrong about this. Six foot two oh seven. Yep. And the first line I said out of this thing, burglar, was ideal size for a corner. I love the physical side this guy has to his game. He's comfortable when it's coming to play in his style. You know that type of thing. I mean, he's he loves that. He's not afraid to come forward. He's not afraid to tackle. That's a big thing with me nowadays. I think you give up so many of these in the secondary. If you cannot tackle, I can't play with you. I mean, there's so many big plays in these mm-hmm. games. I got to have a physical player. I love how he sticks his nose in the action. I think he's a sticky man player. He's got some feel for how to position himself. He can pin receivers near the sidelines. The movement, the recovery. 
this guy's just not going to give an inch when he plays technique. I find a guy that can locate the football. He's not late getting his head around. I, I, there's a lot of really good things that I like about this kid. But the physical aspects or the traits of him, I think I like about him the most. I think you the way I described him in my report was he's a cover and clobber corner. That, yeah, that's there what you he go. Is. And yeah. he's he's you like the size, but I you, he has the speed. He's got rangy speed. Uh, like you said, he likes to get physical um, and not just in the run game, but up and down the field with route runners. I really like him at the top of routes. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. A lot of guys, you know, Keely Ringo, you could run him off the top of a route every single time. It just come back, come back, come back every time. But with a guy like Deontay Banks, you throw in the Ohio State tape, you see him covering Marvin Harrison Jr., who's going to be a top five, seven pick next year. And he's playing with him at the top of routes. He's doing a really nice job sinking, using his footwork, anticipating what's coming based off of what the route is, the uh, the route runner, based on what the offense is doing, the alignment. So there's a lot to Deontay Banks. And trust me, I, I put him in my first round mock, uh, you know, back in November and I Got some pushback on that. Don't like, move him. Don't move him. <laughs> you got no, him right. No, no, no you got him right. I, you did. You yeah, got him I right. He's, yeah. I think he's le- he's legit NFL star. And I think the key for him is when he struggled, it's when he didn't trust his technique. When he yeah. kind of – it just fell apart a little bit. When he trusts his technique, he's an NFL starter all day. And so it, it's just a matter of consistency for him. And this is a fun corner class, right? And you've got – uh, Christian Gonzalez is mm-hmm. my top guy. And then, you know, we talk about Joey Porter Jr. And talk about that would be my uh, top guy. Yeah. Really, yeah. really like uh, Devon Witherspoon from Illinois. But Deontay Banks, he's right there uh, in the top five, six corners in this class. He, he's, he's a really good player. How would you have him or Cam Smith from South Carolina? How would you? How would you? I struggle. I struggle with I've Smith. I've got them man. touching right he's, now. He's tough because he's, yeah. he, he, he freelances way too much for me. The, the, like it's, it, it, it's, it kind of reminds me of J.C. Horn. Maybe it's just the uniforms, that South Carolina uniform. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, he, the way he freelances, the hands-on approach, um, you know, there, there's a few off-field stuff he needs to work out too. But uh, in my uh, top 100 that I came out uh, with on The Athletic yesterday, he was number 51 overall for me. Uh, yeah. And Banks was right around 30. So okay. I, I've got a decent, yeah. almost a full round difference between the two. I'll tell you what, I think you got the catch right. I really do. I thought that Smith was a little bit more of a guesser mm-hmm. than, than when you watched him play. I like the fact yes. he could play slot and he could play on the outside. But, you know, but that, that's where, you know, you, you don't see him play a lot of tight coverage. Everything was off and loose and that kind of thing with him. So I think you got the separation of the players right. I really, really do. I've got Banks as my third corner right now, and I have Smith as my fourth. They're right there. And I think I like Cam Smith a little bit more. Maybe it is the, the uniform because even though he does freelance, I still think he makes plays. Whereas Deontay Banks, he had, what, eight pass breakups as a senior? I mean, he's not – the production in the passing game wasn't there, but he made up for that yeah. with his cu- or with his his run defense, with his ability to tackle. He had 40 tackles or something like that in his final season. I'm hearing when I hear Deontay Banks, Dane, I'm hearing a complimentary corner to the opposite side of Trayvon Diggs, because you think about the speed and the ball skills yeah. and the coverage ability of Trayvon Diggs, but he's not a run defender. He's not going to come up and hit yeah. you. Where on the other side, you've got a guy like Banks that could come downhill, play in the run, play against the pass, keep at the top of the routes, and then shut down somebody on the opposite side. That's a complimentary one-two punch at corner that the Cowboys haven't had in quite some time, right? 
I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I, I, a guy that you can trust uh, out there uh, um, by himself on an island. Uh, obviously, is he, you have to ask yourself, is he ready to step in as a rookie from day yeah. one mm. and be that guy? If you're going to invest a first round pick in him, and, and that's something that, you know, obviously will be discussed in, in uh, the, the, the war room as they build the draft board and come up with their. Uh, you know, who will realistically be there at, at pick 26. So, but I think, yeah, he's part of the discussion. He, he definitely needs to be. Would Would you do that, Dane? Would you put him in there and, and trust him day one? I think he has that ability, sure. I mean, I think that you you draft him believing that he can do it. And obviously you go to training camp hoping that's how it plays out. Uh, but you trust training camp. And, you know, that's how you try not to predict, predict too much because yeah. that's what training camp is for, to figure right. all that out. But, you know, it's uh, if, if you're drafting him where you're drafting him in the first round, I think you're doing so with the assumption that he's going to be at least competing for starter level snaps very early uh, in his rookie contract. Hey, Dane, real quick on the Porter thing, every mock draft and, you know, it, I, I guess you guys have probably muted me by now because <laughs> of all the mock draft questions that I answer. But uh, the, the thing with Porter where I mean, I, I talked to somebody in Tampa Bay and they were kind of thinking about him at 19 He's, he goes earlier than 19, mm-hmm. doesn't he, jo- uh, Joey Porter Jr., Penn State? Yeah, I, I think probably so. I think he's probably in that, like, 5 to 15 range. There you go. Um, okay. You, you, you answered a lot of questions. Early guess. But, but, I mean, you think about it. How, are we going to have four quarterbacks go in the top 12, 15? Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that some, you know, if that happens, that's going to push guys uh, back yeah. maybe a little bit. This is uh, now I think corner is obviously a premium position in today's NFL. So, you know, tackles, edge rushers, corners, these guys are going to go pretty early. And I think Joey Porter, just there's too much there for him. Yeah, to I, I totally agree. Too far. And yeah. Yeah. And look, the, the aggressiveness is a double edged sword. He'll make early contact. He'll, uh, you know, get himself in trouble at times. But I mean, he's long, he's physical, he's athletic teams will trust that and yeah. bet on those traits uh, all day with him. I've seen the Steelers looking at him at 17 too. So even if he ends up slipping to 17, 19, 20, I don't know if he even makes it. I just, that. I don't know how he gets to Dallas. That's the I kind of, I, I just, that's I'm, I've, in my mind. And someone remind me on Twitter. They're like, listen, well, CD lamb got to you. That was well, a once in a, well, you had a situation too, where you had a couple of teams that took wide receivers, rugs went, yeah. you know, and, and Judy went before that's Judy. You know, yeah. That's how sure. you get. Yeah. All right. Last one before we take our first break, Drew Sanders out of Arkansas. We've kind of mentioned him a little bit on this show, but I don't think we've dove in the way that we should around him he's a local prospect went to Denton Ryan High School was offensive player defensive player did a little bit of everything went to Alabama then transferred to Arkansas and then blew up in Fayetteville Brian what have you seen when you look at Sanders I'll tell you what though I'm I the thing that's impressed about him to me is that the way that he's also can rush the passer and I really, really, really like that. I think that this guy plays really well in space. I think he takes on blockers. I think he uses his hands. I think the leverage, the power. I think he can walk blockers back. He kind of gets himself free. He can get to the quarterback, too. And I mentioned that about him as a pass rusher. But the thing that he does is that extending his hands, he gets in there quickly, and then he's able to get rid of that blocker and get to the ball. You know, he's a transfer from Alabama. I, I just think there's so many things that he was so well coached, you know, going from Alabama to Arkansas. I mean, you see the instincts, you see the awareness, and the fact that you actually can see him rush the passer, I think that makes him even more valuable. What do you think, Dane? 
Yeah, he's he's long, he's lean, he's athletic, and he's really he's cunning. Uh, you yeah. know, and I, as you see that as uh, off the ball, and you see it as an edge rusher, where you know he has instincts in both areas where he can he can make plays. Uh, like above all, you want guys that can make plays at this position, yeah. right? Okay, well he's the only the second FBS player since like 2000 to have at least 95 tackles, at least 12 tackles for loss, at least eight sacks, at least three forced fumbles, and at least one interception. The only other guy to do that in college football the last 25 years is Khalil Mack. Wow. So this guy, if you want someone that will make plays, this guy did it. He filled the stat sheet uh, this past year at Arkansas, and it reflects on tape as well with the movement skills. And he's position-wise, he's almost like a do-everything front seven yeah. defender mm -hmm. where you, know, you want him to blitz, he can give you that. You want him to drop in coverage, he does some nice things there. Um, you know, I still think there's some things he's working out in terms of taking on blocks and um, you know, it's, there, there's some things. Yeah, he played a lot of offense in high school, uh, grew up in Oregon. His dad's mm -hmm. a, a, a high school coach. So I mean, he's been preparing this for a long time. I mean, he, he's the type of guy that's been watching his nutrition since he was 10 years old waiting for this moment. So this is someone that is, uh, you're getting a pro. Um, I, I think we'll hear a lot of Leighton Van Der Esch comparisons as we get closer uh, to a player like this. Uh, but, you know, he's he's a guy I want to see cut down on the missed tackles, and I think his best football is ahead of him. He's more athletic than, than LVE, right, Dane? I mean, he's just a little bit more slender, moves better from a, a standpoint. but Probably, yeah. I, I think at least he stuck out from the early days. I did a lot of high school football work right. back in the day. When he was a Denton Ryan, like you said, preparing since he was a kid to be this guy, he was a man playing amongst boys. He was one of those yeah. guys you knew would go to Alabama, have some success. It didn't happen in, in Tuscaloosa. It happened in Fayetteville. But, goodness, I mean, he was all over the field for the Razorbacks this past year. All right, let's take our first break. When we come back, it's time for some Twitter on the 20. We've got four questions that we're going to try and get to. When we come back, more draft show right after this. Hey, Cowboys fans. If you're looking for a full-time or part-time job, check out Liberty Tax, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. If you've got tax experience and want to help your community with their finances, you're the perfect candidate. No tax experience? We also offer in-person tax school courses locally. Liberty Tax has 79 locations across DFW and 2,300 offices nationwide. Learn more about our job opportunities at libertytax.com slash hiring or call your local Liberty Tax office today. Craving something flavorful? Replace that bloated burrito feeling with Smoothie King's new Power Meal Smoothies. With three delicious flavors like cinnamon banana, blueberry raspberry, and spinach pineapple, you can fill up on flavor, not calories. Each meal replacement smoothie is packed with 20 grams of protein, 7 grams of fiber, and 23 vitamins and minerals, all under 350 calories with 0 grams of added sugar. So next time you want something flavorful, swap fast food for a Power Meal smoothie. Order today on the Smoothie King app. Smoothie King, the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. I'm Darren Woodson, former Dallas Cowboy player and Super Bowl champion. When I played in the NFL at a high level, I relied on my vision to see the field. As I started getting older, I noticed my vision wasn't as good, and I was getting frustrated from wearing my glasses all day. I went to Laser Care Eye Center, and Dr. G talked about all the options. Thanks to technology and Laser Care Eye Center, I can see near, far, and between. Don't fumble your vision any longer. Visit them at dfweyes.com and tell them Darren sent you. They got me back on my game. 
What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Back here with the Draft Show alongside Brian Broaddus and Dane Brugler. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Glad you're with us. Time now for your favorite segment. It's time for some Twitter Twitter on the 20. Everybody's favorite segment. Taking your Twitter questions and answering them here on the Draft Show. Starting off with Stewart. Our friend Stewart says, when prioritizing picks, what what positions do you want to take early in the draft if the value is there? And what positions would you rather want to take later, Brian? Because... You don't want to window dress your board. No. You don't want to. You don't want to get too cute with it. No. But there are certain values and and places that you could take certain positions. I think it goes really from draft to draft. Dane, am I am I going down the right path there? Because to me, I just think that especially when you're picking at the back end of the draft, you have to be very mindful of letting the board come to you. Now, if you start to see a guy slide that you really really like. Where you start to see, there'll, there'll be pockets of players. Dane will tell you in this draft he really likes the running backs. He'll tell you that he really likes uh, the corners in this draft. You know, he'll tell you know he probably won't be as high on the wide receivers. Again, I'm putting all these words in Dane's mouth, but I just I trust this guy. He probably will tell you that the wide receivers are not as strong as they've been the last couple of years. I think there's certain positions that you just look at and you know in this draft that like, okay, if I if I wait. Where's the quality of guy? And, and, and I always believe, believe this, especially if you're picking at the back end. You cannot select a player early enough. If somebody's, oh, that's a reach. That's a reach. No. You tell me if I'm going to get back to my spot in the second round or late in the third round that that same player is going to be there? No. It doesn't happen that way. Yeah. So you have to be ready to maybe go for a player and be around earlier than you would think, especially at the back end of the draft. I just feel like that. But you could also, you know, you'll see those positions and you feel like, okay, I could be a little bit more patient at corner because I kind of feel like all the guys are the are, are legitimately the same type of a player mm-hmm. or at defensive end. Uh, I, you know. Go ahead, Dane. I think you nailed it, brought us when you said that it depends draft to draft. Yeah. I mean, there are some drafts where you look at your board and you're like, wow, corner just drops off yeah. after the third round. I mean, we just don't have any day three corners we right. love. Right. So let's make sure we get one in the first three rounds. So I think it just really depends on the flip side. Uh, you know, look at this running back class. It is yeah. absolutely loaded in the mm-hmm. top four rounds. And that's something that, you know, it's going to end up affecting where Bijan Robinson goes. Bijan Robinson is one of the best talents in this draft. There's no question about yeah. that. 
but he's not going to be drafted nearly as high as he should because uh, the position that he plays and the fact that some teams will look at it and say, you know what, we, we've got starter-level grades on guys that are going to go in the third. Maybe even someone, Eric Gray from Oklahoma, might fall to the fourth. Yeah. Yeah. We feel really good yeah. about some of these guys. So we're, um, we're let's take a tackle here in the first round, and let's wait to get our running back later. So it just uh, draft to draft. I, I think it'll really, uh, really change up based off of the draft board and how teams feel about these. Yeah, guys. when you set your board, you will be able to see, you know, like what Parcells used to say, it's like they're stacked in there like club sandwiches. You know, the players are all stacked in, and you you try and get yourself a little bit of some depth or room uh, between the, you know, okay, first round, second round, third round. I mean, you just don't want to shove all these guys into that second round, and you know, it it, it it'll remind you when you when you when you lay it out when you lay it all out. Yeah, they'll start getting picked off, and then you'll have two or three tags on a, on a, a particular player, and you're like, okay, I could trade back if I have to because I got the same player right there. You know, the corners might be the same. You know, if whether you take, you know, whatever corner you might take, there might be two or three of those guys that are kind of the same guy. Yeah. So you're not, it's like, okay, I can, I, if, if, if people are trying to come get your pick, you know, you can make that determination. Or you're like, like Dane's talking about, if I don't take this guy right now, the drop-off is so bad, I'm not going to be able to get another one like him. That makes a lot of teams have to, like, push and go get a guy particularly uh, off that board. My my producer mind is starting to churn with the, the conversation here. I think we, we would have a lot of fun if we brought a whiteboard in here. Oh, sure. And you've always talked about this show being very much so like a war room. Yeah. Putting up a whiteboard, yeah, and then I'll run through scenarios with everybody and try. And, oh, sure. And we can actually build a board together because yeah. we all build our own boards. Dane's got his, yeah. You've got yours. I've got mine. We build these boards, and then you, but you do it as scouts, and then you come together and you build one right con- consensus, consensus board. board. Yeah. So that might be something we look at on the horizon. I kind of like that idea. All right, Charlie asks, who are some of the the possible guard prospects <laughs> that the Cowboys could look at? In rounds one through four. We already hit Osiris Torrance in the first part of the show. If you missed it, you can rewind and go listen to that one. He's one of the ones in the first round. But are there any other guard prospects in this draft that excites you, Dane, when it, it comes to the Cowboys and where they're picking, whether it's in the first round of 26, second round of 59, or so on and so forth? Yeah, sure. I think this is a pretty decent uh, guard group in that range. Uh, big fan of Cody Mock from North Dakota State. Um, I mean, whether you play him guard center, I, I think yeah. he can do it. Um, former walk on at tight end uh, is obviously built up his strength and his frame, but the movement skills, the tenacity that he brings, uh, you know, I the, just going down to the senior bowl and him just where do you want me to play left yep, guard? Yeah. OK, never played there. Let's I agree. Go. Like that's just that's how he attacks it, and I, I think that there will be a little bit of a learning curve for him going from the FCS to the uh, the NFL. I mean, obviously it's a big talent jump, and then changing positions. He, he was a left tackle uh, in college, and so there will be uh, a learning curve and some road bumps for him. But I think in the long run, you will be happy that you uh, drafted uh, Cody Mock, uh, probably somewhere in the second round. And then you know Steve Avila uh, from TCU is you know I'll be interested to hear Brian's thoughts if he if he if Brian thinks of him kind of in the same vein as Osiris Torrance in yeah. terms of not being the best mover but you mm-hmm. want him to win confined spaces yeah. he could do that uh one more name I wanted to mention uh once you get into the third round and then maybe even to the fourth uh Nick Saldaveri from Old Dominion he's another okay. uh, name to keep on the radar uh tackle in college 
probably a guard in the NFL. I think he had a nice week down there at the Senior Bowl, and I think he's put himself in that third, fourth-round range now. Yeah, when I ask you this, Dane, how about Jordan McFadden from Clemson? And the thing that kind of worries me a little bit about him is being 6'2". Was that his measurement? Uh, Is that what he is? Because working again off the 6'2", 305, he was a starting left tackle at Clemson. And you're kind of right about Avia, by the way, from TCU. That Mm -hmm. Kind of that same. I I really... I, to me, though, the, the further the har- the further he has to go, the harder it is for him to block. You know, that's kind of what I was mm-hmm. kind of thinking about with him. But I was also you know, looking at this, like I say, I was looking. There's McClendon from Georgia, who I think is, is six foot, uh, six four, three hundred pounds. Again, what I'm working off of right there, more of an athlete. More of a longer guy, you know, long limb, thin build kind of a guy, initial quickness. Struggles a little bit with the sustain and the balance a little bit. But I, if you, I like McFadden. I don't like the fact that he's 6'2", though. That, that's, hmm. that's kind of an issue for me. Or am I seeing a guy that, that, that you know, it's, you know it's, it was just rare to watch him put his hand on the ground. But the pass set, the balance... Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I mean, he, it was like, you know, you've seen him get jerked out of his stance a little bit, you know, but does he have the length to keep defenders off him? You know, I, I just feel like that kind of like that to me, there's like that fit and run with his guy. You know, I, the, the guards that I've got through so far on this board, I'm a little bit nervous about, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not I'm not sitting there jumping up and down. And maybe the, the best one that we talked about was Torrance, you know, if you're going to go that route. You know, because the other ones, I think they all kind of have uh, their warts to their game. I, I think that's fair with McFadden because he's, like you said, he's a left tackle who would be making a transition down to guard. Six um, two doesn't bother me as much at guard because I think with he he has decent length to him. He has uh, almost thirty four inch arms. Yeah, which, okay. You know, a little disproportionate to his height. But you get him with that length and, you know, he can quick win, I think, uh, inside a guard. So uh, now McFadden didn't make my top 100. He was probably one of the top 10, 15 guys that just missed. Mm -hmm. So we're still talking about a third, fourth round guy. Um, But in that mix, obviously, they're in that range for a reason and not in the first two rounds. And so with a guy like McFadden, you're you're sacrificing a little bit. One other name to mention, McClendon Curtis from Chattanooga, okay, um, okay. who had a really good week at the Senior Bowl. I think he, you know, he did make my top 100. He he would be a possible third round option. I think he needs a little more work than some of these other guys we've been talking about, though. You, you I, going back to and I, by the way, I like McClendon Curtis because you watch those Senior Bowl practices. He was one of the guys from a smaller school. Where in the past they've had some UT Chattanooga guys out huh, there, and they yeah. haven't necessarily panned out, or they haven't Cole looked great. Well, way. that's the great thing yeah, about Cole the Senior Bowl. Big one. Dane and I, we could all of us can talk about Ali Marpet and what he yep. did at Hobart. So don't let the small school Kyle part, Duggar, Kyle. I mean, yeah, there's yeah. there's some guys that have stepped in and played uh, played well in this league, being from those small schools, and that's a big reason the Senior Bowl is as successful as it has been. Absolutely. Going back to McClendon, one of the things that I I wrote down when watching the Senior Bowl. I think there are a lot of things that he's good at. There's nothing that he's great at. And then with his size, I mean, he's listed uh, during the Senior Bowl. He was listed at 6'4", 290. Yeah. If he's at 290, I don't need lower body stiffness. And he was stiff yeah. multiple times throughout the tape, throughout the Senior Bowl. I thought I looked at his game, and I I didn't love the movement below the waist. And if, if you're not able to move at 290, what happens whenever you get up to 310? 
Well, that, and you're at 305. Well, well, here's one of these positions. So, you know, the Cowboys are looking potentially at, uh, you know, potentially at a left guard. Yeah. And, you know, do you have enough candidates? You know, like to Dane's point, Torrance at 26. If you're gonna, if you're gonna go, make that make that play. You want to fix the left guard spot. You go get Torrance because other than that, I don't think your options are particularly great. Again, I haven't seen all the guards yet. Yeah. But that, that, that I'm getting a little nervous about the ones I have been seeing. Have y'all seen? Or I know Dane's well, seen Mc, him. McClendon, go for it, Dane. Uh, he's he's actually three thirty. He was three thirty at the Senior Bowl. He's I mean he's massive. I mean he's he, he's a guy that has actually I mean he he was much heavier than that. And I think three thirty is a good spot for him. He just needs to learn that in the NFL he won't be able to overpower everybody. That 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 that's so Warren McClendon George is three thirty. Uh, I mean we had him as I've got him at two ninety. Are you talking about Chattanooga McClendon? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, McClendon Curtis. I yeah. Think that's right. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Curtis is yeah, 6'5", 330. Yeah, He's I, massive. Yeah, I haven't seen. I haven't seen the Chattanooga yeah, yeah, kid yeah. myself. The okay. Warren McClendon was who I was saying yeah, at 290, Dane. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And, and I, honestly, I'm I'm probably keeping him outside. I think at tackle. I don't I don't know that I. I don't know how he's gonna look inside a guard. I, he he's he's a tougher one that yeah. I don't know that. Um, I, I don't think I have him totally figured out yet. So Warren McClendon, just so the listeners can get it straight, Warren McClendon out of Georgia, a tackle moving the guard, right. six foot four, two ninety, and then outside Chattanooga, uh, Clint, or McClendon Curtis. So they're both McClendons, one yeah. last name, one first name, and he's massive. He is absolutely massive. All right, yes. I had multiple people ask me about Deuce Vaughn. The Deuce is loose. The running back from Kansas State electrifying athlete of course he's related to Chris Vaughn who's in the scouting department here with the Cowboys based off of what you've seen uh, are you impressed with what Deuce Vaughn could bring as like a mid-round prospect at running back and somebody who could bring some electrifying aspects you got that one Dane because I have got down through I've got down through I'm down through Tank Bigsby is who I've got down to so okay I got six of these runners done yeah as a mid-round guy, yeah, I think absolutely. I mean, you know, he I don't think he's someone – like, I didn't consider him for my top 100. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think he's just – the lack of size is tough at that position. And it's not – you know, he's he's one of these guys that's he's very built already. Like, he's already filled out his frame. He's not someone that's going to add 10 pounds. It'll be interesting to see exactly what he is um, uh, weight-wise at the Combine. But uh, and you see it. There are times where, you know, as an inside runner, as soon as he meets a little bit of resistance, I I mean, he's getting stalled out. Mm -hmm. And so he doesn't necessarily have a ton of that inside power. But you get him out in space and, you know, you look at what Boston Scott is for the Eagles. Uh, You know, I think he can be that type of uh, offensive playmaker where you get the ball in his hands in space. He will juke you out of your shoes. Uh, you know, he's got a little bit of juice to him so he can make those pursuit angles, uh, be a little tough. So I mean, Deuce Vaughn in the, if I'm talking about the right value, which for me is like when we get to the fifth round. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to add Deuce Vaughn to my, 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 my roster. I just don't think he's necessarily a guy we're talking about as a top 100 pick. Yeah. I had him as a, a fifth round. Dane, real, early grade. Real quick, and just you can answer this quick. I hope. How close is Robinson, Bijan Robinson, Texas, and Jamar Gibbs from Alabama to you? Is that like one two on your um, board for running backs? Yeah, they're the easy one two for me. I, I think that I have Bijan at like six overall, and Jamar Gibbs at like twenty one or something. Okay, so, so I mean, but they're they're just like, like a okay spots. Okay, I, but but skill but they're, they're, skill they're, wise, I mean, they're a little different too. Okay, 
Okay. Yeah, talent wise, I think they're uh, they're both legit first round talents in my opinion. Yeah. I, mean, I think uh, you know Bijan gives you a little more power, obviously. Sure. I mean, he can break tackles in more ways. Jameer and they're, they're both very good pass catchers. Yeah. Jameer Gibbs is a little more sudden than Bijan, and yeah. so it's a trade off. You know, you want the guy that's more power and more of a workhorse. You want a guy like Jameer Gibbs who uh, is more sudden, but he's also probably not going to have as many carries in that body as Bijan Robinson gives you. What did you like about Gibbs when you watched him? Me? Yeah. I, I, it, it was it was clear when you watched like the Texas game, you know, when they were playing and they're, you know, Texas did a good job up front. I felt like handling what Alabama was trying to do. But Dane's right. When it came down to like the, the toughness aspect of it and him having to, you know, the, the, the vision, the, the, the ability to slash. I mean, he, he kind of has got a feel for how those blocks develop. And then he's to the hole, through the hole. He's got quick feet. He's shifty. He's a burst. He's got an extra gear. I felt like you could see him separate from defenders. The start-stop quickness, I think, is the power. I mean, he'll line up all over the place and play for you. I mean, you can use him as a receiver. He catches the ball. He doesn't fight it. The soft hands. There's a lot. I mean, there's a lot to like about this kid. I was just curious with Dane because we all talk about Robinson. I think a really good consolation prize, if you don't get <laughs> Robinson, would be Gibbs. I, I think yeah. Gibbs is going to be a star. I really, really do. Mm-hmm. This I is... agree with you. I think he's that type of talent, and he's again, he's not that body type. You know, he was listed right around 200 pounds, and so it'll be interesting at the combine. Yeah. Is he 205, 206? Yeah. What is he? Um, you know, I think if you if you took all Alvin Kamara and Chris Johnson and combined them, it would look something similar to Jameer Gibbs. He is that. And wow. I'm talking. I know these two running backs I'm talking about are yeah. legit dudes. So I, I understand this is high praise, but I'm with you, Brian. He he is a uh, potential star at the next level. I, I just, you have to understand. And, and you know, this goes back and we talk about with Osiris Torrance, understand yeah. what type of player he is. So you use him the right way. In in three years in college, he only had two touchdowns on goal to go situations. You're not going to use him in some of those short yardage things, mm-hmm. uh, or at least as an up the gut runner. Um, you know, you want him in space. You want him. Uh, I, I think one something that I included in my report on him, and this is, goes along with what you said, Brian, he is an offensive lineman's best friend Absolutely. as a runner yeah. because he is so good at pressing, understanding what is, you know, the patience. He's not going to run up the block, uh, the back of his blockers. He understands what the run design is. He understands when to hit it and when it, it, it anticipates those openings. And he has the start stop footwork to boom, go. And he's through the hole as soon as it opens. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. He, he's a star. We're watching some highlights of him right now on the the video side of things, and and there's two Drew Sanders. Plays. Needs, Drew Sanders needs to make that play. Yeah, Drew, <laughs> Drew, they're going up against Arkansas on back to back plays, or at least on the highlight reel. Yeah. And he's bursting through the hole. He's got yeah. that vision. He's very yeah. patient. He's a lateral mover, and then boom, he hits it. You know what's funny, it. guys? Like when I first started scouting in 1992, like Robinson and Gibbs would have been top five. Top Huge 10 picks. Plays. Yeah. And now it's going to yeah. be the yeah. conversation now, now that's going to tear everybody apart. Exactly. Exactly. You're going to have half and half, and you're going to have yeah. somebody saying, don't ever take a running back in the first round, then right. another half that's going right. to say, well, they're going to be a star. All right, real quickly, last question. Let's try and blow through this real fast. What are some DB names that could fit the Dan Quinn mold? We talked a little bit earlier about Banks from Maryland. Are there anybody else out there, Dane, that could maybe be in that conversation? Uh, well, obviously, you know, we're talking about length. We're talking about bigger guys. Yep. Um, and, you know, I 
Keely Ringo, is he a guy that you think, you know, maybe there'd be interest there? Because Keely Ringo is just a freak at 6'2", yeah. 215. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the size that he brings, um, I, you know, could he move to safety? I know there's questions there. And then once you get into, uh, you know, day two and day three and some of those, you know, and that's what we saw them do like two years ago with some of those corners they drafted in the second, third round. Um, you know, guy like Eli Ricks, uh, you know, uh, Brian, I know he yeah. know Eli Ricks from his LSU days, how good he was as a freshman. Now, yes. sophomore year is hurt. Junior year, he transfers to Alabama and struggled to get on the field. But this guy is a talent. And when we talk about the discount sticker, he's got that on him in third, fourth round. Eli Ricks, maybe he's that that reclamation project that uh, Dan Quinn could be looking for. I'll tell you what, you're talking about day two, day three kind of guys uh, that Tariq Stevens from Miami is one that I I mean you look yeah. at him 61 214 pounds. That's what I was working off right there. I'll give you another one, too. Uh, free safety, Antonio Johnson, 6'3", 195 pounds. Physically looks every bit Would you like, grade him? I, I tell you what, I love this kid. Mm. I really, really do love this kid. I mean, I'd second like round, to – Second round, kind round of guy for me because I, I think there's, I, there's some times where I, you, you talk about the tackling – and I feel like that, you know, I'd like to see him wrap up a little bit better on some of this stuff. But, man, he is a really good player in space. I love how he throws his body around. He's, you know, it, it, he's just not going to let anybody get by him very easily. I, I think that the, he play all over the formation. They're, they'll put him in the slot. They, they, you know, wherever he has to play, he's going to play. And I think the length about this kid really, really helps. And, again, I mentioned Stevenson from – from uh, from uh, uh, Miami, yeah, Miami. Hits another guy. I think he might be a safety too. I, I think you know. I mean, you can play him. It. He's got that ability to where he can. I feel like he can cover. I feel like that he you know he puts himself in position to make plays. The length helps him to knock the ball away. Work around the receivers instead of through them. I th- there's a there's some guys that in this secondary. I whether whether it's corners. Or safeties, I think, are going to make really good players for uh, for somebody who ever drafts them. Antonio Johnson out of A and M, and then Stevenson out of Miami for both of both of those guys. Yeah, Stevenson currently listed as a corner, has that position flex, and then Antonio Johnson listed as a safety. All right, let's take our second break. When we come back, Dane released his top 100 on the Athletic. You can check it out as soon as right this second, as you should. But we're going to hit some of the talking points on that and wrap things up on this edition of the Draft Show next. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Blockchain.com is one of the most trusted ways to buy, sell, and trade crypto. Whether you're always on the go or stay closer to home, Blockchain.com is just a few taps away. Put the power of crypto in your pocket so no matter where you are, you can trade on your terms and build a crypto portfolio to fit your life. For crypto pros, rookies, and anyone in between, Blockchain.com makes it easy to own a piece of the future. Blockchain.com, trusted by millions, trusted by America's team. In a stressful world, Lincoln provides balance and calm amidst the chaos by creating sanctuaries that move you through the world with ease. Our vehicles make your time richer and more uplifting with human-centric design, intelligent technology, and powerful performance. As the official luxury vehicle of the Dallas Cowboys, driving a Lincoln is just another way to show your team pride. Experience our full lineup of luxury vehicles, including the Corsair, Aviator, Navigator, and Nautilus at Lincoln.com. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? 
You call it Miller time in Dallas. Here's to the Cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with pregame sideline access and photo ops with current players, cheerleaders, and Cowboy legends. You want to stay at a team hotel? Attend the best tailgate party in Texas? Tour the star and talk X's and O's with me, Everson Walls? With Star Sports Tours, you can. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Back here on the Draft Show, wrapping things up here from the Star in Frisco, presented by Miller Lite. Of course, we'll be back tomorrow, 11 a.m. Central Time. But before we wrap up this episode with Brian Broaddus, we've got Dane Brugler on the line from The Athletic. I'm Kyle Yeomans. And if you go on to The Athletic, Dane released his top 100 this week, his most recent edition of the top 100. Dane one, fantastic work as always. Two, I want to know who was the biggest change? Who had the most movement back and forth on, from your, your original top 100s and now into this one? Um, well, and this is my first 100 I've, uh, top 100 I've done. I, I did, um, you know, a top 50 um, That's right. you know, back in December. And now that, now that we got past the All-Star season, okay, now time to reset uh, the board, get a top 100 out there. Mm-hmm. And um, a couple a couple juniors, because, you know, I work so much on the seniors, and then right around this time is when I really dive into the underclassmen. Uh, Kalijah Kansi, the undersized defensive tackle from Pitt. Love uh, him. And that's, you know, I'm not – not gonna lie, I, I I have a small bias, uh, you know, with smaller players. It, it's just something that you you can't. I'm human, you know. You can't get that out of your mind. There's smaller players that worries you, but the more and then so you basically you go into watching tape and you make them overcome it, it with your eyes. And Kalaja Kansi was able to do that, where wow. you don't love the size uh, on paper. You don't over you don't overcome the, the you know the or the, you you worry about that lack of size at the next level. But then the more you watch, the more you keep coming to the conclusion that, okay, this guy's just – he's defeating blocks at will because he's so explosive. His hands are so quick and violent. He is – you know, talk about quick wins. Up and down his tape, he's able to do that. And I just didn't think the lack of size was that much of a deterrent on film that would stop me from drafting him somewhere in the top 40 picks. So uh, Kalijah Kansi is really, really interesting, and I, you know, he's one of the top defensive tackles this year. You like him a lot. We I do. brought him up. Yeah, I do. I brought him up as a player when uh, last week when I was on with you guys. I, I mean, yeah, this this school does have a history. <laughs> it does. I mean, you, you can't. Uh, but Dane's right. I mean, this guy is you know, six foot. He's two hundred seventy five pounds. You you should everything about him. You should kill him on his lack of height. Mm-hmm. You should, and you can't because he's disruptive. This guy, I mean, he attacks gaps. He works the edges. He'll chase. I mean, he's he makes his share of plays. He's lateral quickness, yeah. redirect, everything you want, push the pocket with power, the quickness with the moves and all that. He can win right off the jump. There's yeah, oh go ahead. You know, back in the day, the old crusties like me and the, you know, when we first started, you know, six foot two seventy-five, you wouldn't have drafted this kid, but you can't, you gotta give him his due when you watch his tape. Really like what we've seen from him as well. Now, Dane, really quickly before we let you go and we get off of here, 
What is with all the tight ends? There's a lot of tight ends up in the top 40 of your your top 100. Is this one of the better classes we've seen at that position recently? Uh, there's no doubt about it. Um, and, and it's it's top heavy, and then it stretches. You know, if you get Sam Laporta in the third round, yeah. you're feeling really good about that uh, tight end from Iowa. But talking about that top, I have five tight ends in my top 50, Ooh. four in my top 30. Um, and it just, it'll depend on what you want. Uh, you know, Michael Mayer is different than Darnell Washington, who's different than Dalton Kincaid, who's different than Luke Musgrave. If you're looking for the true inline guy who can work over the middle of the field and be a, a productive player for you there, you know, the mayor is your guy from Notre Dame. But if you're looking for the high upside of uh, Darnell Washington, who can be a sixth offensive lineman and has upside as a pass catcher, well, then you're going to go that route. If you want maybe the best pure pass catcher at the group, Dalton Kincaid. And I think Luke Musgrave is maybe the best combination of those. So it, it really depends on your offense and what you're looking for. And that's team by team. Those four players, you will have a different order based off what that offense does, how they operate, and what what type of specific role they're looking for. Where did you have Schoonmaker? Is it Schoonmaker? Is that how you say the name? Schoonmaker? Michigan. Michigan. Yep. Number 100. I, I, he was a guy I, I, I'm I, telling wow, you, I wanted to make sure I'm, he was in there. Yeah, yeah and you're not player. wrong. You're not wrong. And by the way, you know, when you look at this, I I thought he was for 248 pounds. That's kind of what the number I'm looking at him right now. Six five two. I thought this guy was a good blocker. I I really really do. I I think yeah. that he catches the ball well. But the one thing about him is the way that he's able to play on his feet. I love the fact the way that he he's not getting thrown around. They use him. They run behind him. They use him as a point of attack blocker. He does it in a lot of different ways. Movement, motion. He's an athlete as a route runner. He can get up the field. He doesn't label uh, labor at all. He's smooth. I like him kind of as a guy that can do a lot of different things for you. They run the ball behind him. You know, a lot of times these kind of athletic guys, they go opposite, go away from him. Not this kid at all. Him and the him and the Alabama kid, uh, Latu, 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 yeah, Latu, yeah, Latu. I, you know, you need to check why he wears that big old knee brace on the left knee. But I'll tell you, there's another one of those guys I kind of liked. If you're looking from those down the line guys, you like yeah, both those Payne guys. Durham, what he did at the Senior Bowl, yeah, um, you know, yeah, Cam Latu. When uh, Bryce Young was in trouble, he looked for Jameer Gibbs. If Jameer yeah. Gibbs wasn't out there, yeah. uh, he was looking for Cam Latu. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's how, uh, you know, it, that offense uh, worked at, uh, in Tuscaloosa. But, yeah, I mean, you could you don't have to stop there. I mean, Tucker Kraft from South Dakota no State question. is yeah. being slept on. I mean, he, he is, to me, I mean, he came in right at number 50. Um, you know, he's a mid-second-round guy. Uh, Davis Allen from Clemson, uh, there's a lot to like about him. Yeah. Brenton Strange from Penn State. Uh, Braden Willis from Oklahoma is a good player. So, yeah, this tight end class, it's it's going to be hard to pass on one of those four guys we talked about in that late first round. But if you do, there will be several other guys that you like in the second, third, fourth round. Mm. Lots of tight ends to keep an eye on, lots of prospects to keep an eye on. And if you want to keep an eye on all those guys, tune into The Athletic with Dane Brugler and company. He does great work over there. And this won't be the last time we'll see Dane on the draft show this year, but we appreciate him filling in for Aisha and Bobby, who will hopefully be back tomorrow. But for Brian Broaddus, Dane Brugler, Chris Beam in the back, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long from the draft show. We'll see you tomorrow, 11 a.m. Central Time, here from the Star in Frisco. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?